Come on. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right. Michael Hart is the brokerage director for American Fidelity, a supplemental benefits provider. He's an EBA rising star in advising, and now finally, a guest on Money Savage Maximize. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, George. Yes, this is George. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, yeah, excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Uh, It's a great question. It's a little bit about my personal life. Uh, Born and raised in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City area. Um, For people that haven't been to that flyover state, as some people (laughs) call it, uh, Oklahoma is one of those large and small towns all in one. Uh, And I know I say that because it's a state, but that's kind of how it feels. So growing up, I was able to live the big city life as well as kind of a smaller life. I enjoy recreational activities, hunting. Um, I've been married. Actually, today is my eight-year anniversary to my wife. Oh, congratulations. Uh, we, were born, or we were married April 28, 2012. Uh, so it, we are celebrating it, obviously, different than we've celebrated it in years past with everything going on right now. But we are very excited obviously to be married we have a four-year-old and a now six-week-old and he just had a little mouse yeah yeah so we we didn't neither one of us slept a lot last night so it was kind of a happy morning to us uh but absolutely love my life uh my entire family my wife's entire family is from oklahoma so when i started with american Valley, we actually moved to four different states for them and then they moved me back to oklahoma in 2017 to uh, head up the Western Division for brokerage, and I took over the brokerage division in 2019. And uh, it was an absolute must for me with having a, a one-year-old at the time and wanting her to know and see her grandparents. So uh, if you haven't been to Oklahoma, you know, it's an amazing state. Oklahoma City, as weird as it sounds, whenever brokers come in to visit me, I always take them to the uh, the federal bombing memorial um it's a site to be seen and it's a actually a national park at this point kind of like the 9-11 one is in new york city so it's just something i love um if you would not find me in a business suit you would probably find me in some type of camo hiking up a mountain in utah colorado wyoming chasing animals with a bow (laughs) nice well beautiful so when you talk about what it is that, 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 that you do, what, what do people really need to know about it? Yeah. So most of the time when I talk to people that know nothing about the industry and I say, you know, I work for American Fidelity, brokerage director, they immediately go to Fidelity Investments and brokerage on that side. And obviously, as you know, that's, that's nothing of what we do. Um, American Fidelity, a little bit of background about the company, is one of the largest privately held supplemental benefits company in the United States as well as the world. 
Um, we have three niche sectors. So we have school districts where we have an internal sales force. So we work in those. We have automotive uh, car sales. So like new new automotive sales as well as municipalities, kind of our private sector niche. And it's kind of extremely focused. And then we have the brokerage side, which I run. And I'm able to work from East Coast to West Coast with my managers that work for under me and find brokers around the country that are willing to sell the American Fidelity product. Um, very similar, I would say it's very similar to an Aflac colonial type product. Um, we just set ourselves apart. We feel as a company, those companies are great. They do a great job. The products are great. Uh, at the end of the day, though, when you get into the voluntary benefits space, you know, a lot of it at this point is apples to apples. Everybody has the same technology. Everybody has the same underwriting capabilities. You may not have the same cash flow or capital, but at the end of the day, you can only make a product look so great. So where do you really put yourself and stand apart? And we've always felt as a company that we set ourselves apart and it sounds very cheesy, but it's something that, that holds true if you ask any of the brokers that I work with in our customer service and claims aspect. So we're never going to be the cheapest product out there on the market because, again, you're talking about a commodity, for lack of better words. But if you're working with an employer that needs to make sure that the claim is paid on time, that the customer service aspect is on point, and to be very frank, that the bill is the best it can be when it comes to the voluntary benefit space, those are our three specialties, and that's what we pride ourselves on. And it's been our way of organic growth. You'll notice that we're not in any publications. We go a lot through associations, and then on my side, I grow a lot, quite think, quite frankly, through my broker partnerships that I've got. Got it. <clears throat> so, what what are the primary products that 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 that, that you're working with? Yeah, great question. Uh, so, our number one product is probably a voluntary disability product. So, most people know paycheck. If you use the word paycheck protection now, the, people lean towards the CARES Act, but we had a product that was actually developed way back in the 60s that was actually trademarked with paycheck protection because that's what it was meant to do. Somebody can't work, it's going to provide them a paycheck if they have an accident or an illness. We have both short and long-term disability. Um, our number two product on the market is an accident plan. It's very similar to the one that Affleck and Colonial offer, and it covers any type of accident if their child were to be covered on the plan and they scrape their knee and go to the ER, we would pay them a specified benefit for that. If they had a surgery from an accident, if they got their teeth knocked out, um, you know, throwing a baseball around, if they were in a car accident. So it pays for about 37 different very uh, specified events that happen for accidents and treatments to go along with that. And then we also have, oh, about seven other products that are in our lineup from a cancer insurance plan to one of the most popular products that's out on the market today is a critical illness plan. So it's an indemnity-based plan that pays somebody if they have a heart attack, stroke, cancer, coma due to an accident. Those are, I think it's the number one fastest growing supplemental benefits product on the market. Um, most, most carriers in the supplemental space have always offered disability, and then they kind of get into those other tranches. So for us, Disability, accident, cancer, and critical illness are kind of our mainstays. Um, one unique fact about American Fidelity is in the supplemental space, you'll hear the word medical gap be used um, all over the place. And, and you're seeing that even with the way health insurance is being divided up nowadays. 
But um, I guess our claim to fame was way back in the day, we actually were able to trademark the word medical gap <laughs> used in this space. So you'll see a lot of brochures with other carriers that use the word like hospital assist and other, they may say medical gap, but they don't put it on the brochures. And that's just a carrier situation. But um, we still have that medical gap insurance. And all it's meant to do is to cover somebody if they've got a $2,000 deductible and you know they want to be protected for that, they're able to pay a little bit of a premium for if they ever have to go into the hospital, it can help with those out-of-pocket costs. Got it. So y'all were ahead of the curve. You you trademarked pay, paycheck protection and medical gap. Nice. That's that's well done. Yeah, we 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 were. It's funny. We um we have learned over the course of what it's been middle of March, so past month and a half that no carrier out there in the VB space is a technology company. But if you don't play in the technology world, you're going to be way behind the curve in the in the world we live in today. So. Even back in the 60s and 70s, we felt like we were ahead of the curve. At the same time, we, we were learning day by day that that, that new curve is, is getting exponentially larger. I appreciate that. So why, why do you think that the critical, critical illness plan is the fastest growing? It's a great question. For me, that, that brings uh, up something I've spent about two years working on, and, and that is, you will find that in the voluntary benefits space. So let's kind of take a look at benefits as a whole, right? You, you go work for ABC employer and they say, Hey, here are your benefit offerings. And everybody automatically goes straight to medical dental and vision. I mean, that's kind of the first foray. And then after that, it's all the ancillary products. So ancillary, voluntary, enhanced benefits, whatever you want to call them. Uh, most of those are on a voluntary basis. When you have a representative, whether it's a broker, whether it's an internal representative for these different carriers that goes and talks to these employees. And remember, these employees don't work in the insurance game 99% of the time. They are, you know, blue collar workers, white collar workers, essential workers, whatever you want to call it. Their job is to do their job, not to know insurance benefits. And for that space, when they get hit with, and I told you we had, you know, seven, eight offerings, they get hit with all those different offerings. It becomes too much for them. Sure. We have figured out, I think it's carriers. And so kind of your short question, long answer here is most people understand that they need to protect their, protect their paycheck. So disability makes sense, whether it's the employer paying for it or the employee paying for it. On the flip side, most people understand that they need some type of life insurance, whether it's through their employer or whether it's through their, you know, individual property and cash would be, you know, state farm agent that they use or whoever they, they go to. People understand the need for that to protect their assets or their family members if that needs to be protected. It's all that middle area that people have a hard time understanding the need sometimes for, even though inherently they understand that if a catastrophic event were to happen to them, most Americans don't have six to 12 months saved up to pay for that catastrophic event, right? We know most Americans don't have more than 45 days worth of savings to pay if they were to lose their paycheck, as with what we've seen go on right now. So for that reason, uh, the critical illness for me, and, and I've spent some time talking to a guy that works for Genry and a couple of these other big reinsurers that actually work on these critical illness plans, I think it's the easiest plan to understand, right? It's an indemnity-based plan in most occurrences that are out there, and there's a lot of carriers that offer it, um, and they're all very similar. I mean, again, like I was talking about earlier, you can only 
you can only make apples up so many different ways, right? So a critical illness plan is hopefully going to cover a heart attack, a stroke, if you get cancer, right? Those are the, the three main big ones that happen. But all of them really have those exponential extras that are in there. So coma, um, if you become a quadriplegic, they still pay those indemnity-based amounts. So they pay you $10,000, right? It's easy for somebody to understand getting a check for $20,000. When you show somebody our accident plan and say, hey, we have 38 different things that we pay for, that's a lot to wrap your mind around, right? And you don't necessarily see the benefit. Oh, I get $200 if my tooth gets knocked out. That's great, but does that make me want to pull the trigger on it? But if I know I get $20,000, I can turn around, walk home to my spouse and tell her that, hey, babe, if you ever get cancer, we're going to get a check for $20,000. So we don't need to worry about finances for a little bit, right? We can bring you home. We don't have to worry about, we can, we can pay for somebody to watch the kids or whatever it may be. Whereas if you have to dive into all the ancillary benefits that are inside an ancillary benefit, it becomes more complicated and people don't love complicated, especially in the world we live in today, right? We live in a world of instant gratification, the Amazon world. And if you can show them that, and that sounds a little bit morbid, that instant gratification on these benefits, I, I think that's why we're seeing that become a game changer. And quite frankly, I think that's why we will see, um, and you haven't asked me this yet, but kind of my prediction for the future um, it's, it's going to be interesting. And we can talk about that here in a little bit, what I see happening in the ancillary space in that middle section. Yeah. Well, let's just jump into that right now. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so, so I kind of have two things that uh, I see, you know, we will always want to forecast, right? What does the next five years, 10 years look like? And um, this is not uh, this part that I'm going to say is not necessarily promotion for American Fidelity. It's just kind of what Michael Hart sees in the market. And that is, again, like I talked about, everybody understands disability insurance and everybody understands life insurance, but that middle space becomes very complicated. And unless you sit down and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with somebody that's educated on those products, because I'll list off seven products real quick. You've got accident, cancer, gap, hospital indemnity, um, very specialized life insurance plans. You've got critical illness plans that have long-term care riders on them. You've got life insurance with long-term care. It just, it gets very complicated, right? So for that reason, I feel like there's going to be, um, Kind of, we talk about a deglobalization happening right now. I think you're going to see a little bit of a deglobalization with all the different seven or eight sectors in that middle area. So, excluding disability and life, I think you're going to see uh, several umbrella plans pop up, George. And those umbrella plans are going to span the globe, right? So, if you get an accident, we're going to send you a check for $5,000. If you go in the hospital, you're going to get a check for $2,000. If you have cancer, we're going to get a check for $10,000 keeping it very simple. It's one plan. It's filed as one plan. Um, and it is, you only have to have one certificate. So then the policy owner, right, can say, hey, anything major that happens to me, I think that plan might cover it. Let, let me let me call my provider, right, and see what's going on. Oh, yeah, you know what? Between an accident to having cancer to having a stroke to a heart attack, you're covered because right now they're all kind of even the critical illness plans in most cases are just covering, you know, heart attack, stroke, cancer, and a few other things. But if it covered stay in a hospital, if it covered an accident, if you kind of rounded that all into one, then you're talking about offering one plan. The other thing that that leads into is technology, right? We know we're going the 
we were in the technology world way before the coronavirus hit. But with social distancing, you're going to see less of the one-on-one sales and more of the online enrollments when it comes to employee benefits each year. We've been there, um, quite frankly, since 2001. I knew of a large school district in Denver that had 9,000 employees, and they were doing online enrollments in 2001. Uh, but you're really seeing a change to that now. I mean, what the Zoom stock has went up 250% in the last two months because people still need to have the interaction, but it needs to be electronic. For that reason, you need a product to make sense that somebody doesn't have to have a dissertation about. And I think that's where that middle umbrella plan that is not fully vetted on the market yet. There's a few carriers that have them out there. I don't think they're perfect. Um, and I'll be honest, Merrickville doesn't have one out there yet that's fully an umbrella plan, but I think that's what you'll see in the next five years. Um, I truly believe that that'll be kind of the next big thing in the voluntary benefits space. Well, that certainly makes sense. I mean, complexity is, it's something that, that is confusing to people. I think that that's probably in the definition of complexity, but it also causes us to oftentimes shut down and not make any decisions at all. Um, so the the more you can cut yeah. through that then i think probably probably the better for everybody so nice yeah all right the, so um, go ahead there, i was gonna say there's one more thing that i think is it's really sneaking up and it, again i go back to covid19 or coronavirus is that how many people out there that had employee benefits either got furloughed or got you know term before the cares act came into play and their their voluntary benefits have always come out payroll deduct, right? Yeah. Do you know the reason why voluntary benefits were really like lobbied to be payroll deduct? It was the easiest way way back in the day to know that you were going to get, you know, a captive audience, right? That you knew the money was going to continue to come out. So it was, it was better for the customer as well as the carrier. I mean, it, it was a win-win for both. Um, and then you had section 125 and you had a whole bunch of other things that come into play that help out with pre-tax. But I really see in the next five years with the potential for other pandemics and other things happening that the way of payroll deduction uh, will stay. But those brokers and those companies that figure out how to switch either a from payroll deduction to bank draft right away so that there's no uh, lapse in service will be the winners in this market. There are several I hate to say TPAs, but they're kind of third-party administrators out there right now that have, oh, they have the ability to do split direct deposit. They have the ability to do, um, I won't say direct bank draft because one quick step back, George, is the way that voluntary benefit worksite carriers have to underwrite the product is knowing that they're not getting bad risk. Well, the way you get non-bad risk is for it to make it an easy barrier to entry, right? Well, that means that you don't have to write a check when you sign up for the policy. You know, if you go, if I go to my New York life agent, I've got to write a big check for my whole life policy and I've got an application that takes four days. Whereas worksite product, <laughs> it's, a, it's a quick, I mean, you know what I mean? Sure. Whereas worksite, it's, you walk in and you say, yes, I want that product. And oh, hey, it's going to come out of your paycheck in two months from now. You can still keep it that simple, but in times of these, when when employers, I mean, we've already seen it as a carrier, when employers lose, um, you know, their payroll slot and payroll companies don't have that access, the ones that are able to pivot quicker 
And there's, like I said, there's products out there, there's several companies out there that do these split direct deposits. And then the second that they don't receive that split direct deposit um, into that money that goes in that bank account for that person to then pay the carrier, they're able to then contact the individual customer and say, hey, if you want to keep that policy, uh, let's set up a credit card or bank draft right away. And then it's not 90 days down the road because most voluntary benefits carriers, it's 90 days before they know somebody didn't have the money come out of their paycheck. And when you ask a customer to pay back 90 days of premium mm. in the worst time of their life, and most policies are between 35 and $50 a month, it'd be hard for me to sit there and say, I can justify paying you back $250. But if you hit me up right away and say, hey, it's 45 bucks, can you pay me? So having said all that, I think that's going to be the next big pivot in our industry is the ones that can figure out how to truly bring that value to the employer as well as the individual customers so that the employer is not trying to figure out how to pay back 90 days worth of premium to get it out of that person's paycheck when they come back to work. And it works right now. I mean, people go out on FML, right? Or people take a sabbatical. And, you know, again, that's the that's probably 90% of why policies lapse when somebody truly still is working somewhere is because they don't want to pay back that 90-day premium. And it's just too much for them. Where if you can hit them right away, then you can keep your attention. If something were to happen, that person feels a lot better knowing that they were able to keep it. So. Yeah, appreciate that. Thoughts. Nice. Well, Michael, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Oh, I thought about this a lot. <laughs> um, to me, the difference-making tip, and I take this as a, a consumer, right, uh, as well as, you know, we offer the products out in the market. When, you know, it, it, human beings inherently don't like change, and they it's easier to say no. Um, but we live in a world that just has so much data and it, it's great. At the same time, it gets a little overwhelming. Um, I'm going through the, you know, having two little kids, we're going through the middle of putting our trust together, um, which it, we are not rich people, but getting a trust for our kids, estate planning is something that we, we were in our mid thirties. We figured out we need to actually put into place. So for me, my difference making tip is when you're, whether you're 25, you're 45 or you're 65, take a hard look at who is your family, whether they're blood, whether they're friends and you consider them family and who you want to take care of and just spend five minutes a year. That's all you got to do. Spend five minutes a year and say, who do I want to take care of? And if the worst thing in the world were to happen to me, you know, pass away or bad car accident, am I covered? Because there's people out there that always say, oh, I've got too much insurance, right? I've got all these different, I'm, I'm overcovered. You're never going to be overcovered, but you can spend too much for what your value, what you value that insurance being. So my tip is really everybody in the crazy world we live in, just take five minutes. You don't have to know the product you're going to buy, but take five minutes and say, hey, what do I really want to make sure I take care of? You know, I've, I've got a new child. I want to make sure that I'm really hitting home. So I'm going to go buy a new life policy, right? Or the next time it comes around, I'm going to talk to my broker about that. On the flip side, so I'm kind of giving you two tips. For the brokers out there, the world we live in, I'm, I've noticed it in the last six months to year, maybe two years, there's a lot of brokers that are still offering benefits the same way they've always offered it, but they consume products in a totally different way. 
So my tip to them would be how you consume products, whether it's buying on Amazon, how you, how you consume everyday life is how your customers want to consume the stuff that you're talking about. So think about that before you offer it to them um, and, and figure out a way to offer it to them in that manner that, that makes sense, whether it's hitting them up with an app, you know, it, it doesn't cost as much as it used to, but making your own brokerage app up, um, those difference makers will be the difference maker in your career. Well, like that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Michael, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Yeah, thank you, George. I really enjoyed this. Um, you know, if, if you want to know anything about American Fidelity, you can certainly go to www.americanfidelity.com. If you want to learn anything more about me, um, probably the space I'm most active in is LinkedIn. And if you look me up, you'll see a, a picture of a, bald-headed guy in a blue suit and a red tie. That's me. Um, Michael Hart, H-A-R-T. Uh, I love to connect. I've, I've been able to give speeches uh, all over the great state of Oklahoma and around the, the country right now and absolutely love connecting with people. Um, I think most people do, especially in the world we live in now. So hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, I'd love to connect with you guys. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Michael your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. You can find him on LinkedIn, and I will also list all the other places in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Michael. All right. Thank you, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.